Good morning, everyone. This is Judith. I hope you're listening to Mad Love. What's going on? Yo, man, yesterday was a holiday, so I took it. <laughs> it was nice. It was nice to not be strapped into a schedule and just, you know, hitting all my marks. I did think about the podcast. I did think I was going to podcast, but I instead started working on a script, uh, doing a little bit of writing. So, sorry, you know. But uh, sorry, not sorry, because I was really enjoying the time off. Um, I'm really over this uh, this schedule. You know, I this is not how I designed my life and I'm not whining or complaining. It is what it is. And I'm grateful. (laughs) Excuse me. But yeah, I was never intending to be a nine to fiver or whatever I work seven to four thirty or so anyway. Uh, I read a lot of Dr. Martin Luther King quotes yesterday. Everybody went in on, on Martin. Uh, it just makes me, I don't know. I, I've gotten so cynical, I guess, in the last year, at least pulled back and really looked at things. It's like, don't quote Dr. King on Monday and talk about how great he was and then just go raise hell all the, you know, on Tuesday, you know? Uh, are the quotes genuine and sincere? Do you live your life in a way that uh, resonates with Dr. King's message for real? Or is it just politically correct to post something? I think I think people have spent so much time reading about history and how deep the 60s were and the fallout that occurred in the 70s that, you know, if you were born in the 80s, your life is totally different. And so you want to be deep. So you go back and talk about Malcolm X and Martin Luther King and all the assassinations and, you know, everything that you see is a misdeed is let's march and protest. I think people have taken it too far in that their lives are too cushy and they know it. So they feel bad. So they're just like, let me go. And, you know, but we have evolved past that. And people who live through it don't want to live through it again. You know, and plus, if you keep recreating it, are you really moving forward? Which, as you can see, is a theme with me, especially with people of color in this country. It's like, I get it. You know, somebody posted something. uh, White supremacy killed Martin Luther King. And that's my holiday post or whatever. That's my post. Like, okay, that's great. That's great. Thanks. How does that help? (laughs) How are you helping people? You know, staying angry and staying stuck in the past is not helping people. In fact, I think that mentality is what's strangling our young people. You know, I think if people were to really sit back and look at the numbers, I have a friend who, you know, a hot button topic is police shootings of unarmed black men. I mean, she goes zero to 100 and furious. And I said, I get that. It's egregious. It's horrible. Every officer is not a good officer. Those kind of things should never happen, but they do. Um, It's terrible. I'm not saying it's not terrible, but why aren't you just as upset when a 16-year-old black boy shoots his best friend over a dice game and kills him? And that's happening every day. I don't know about officer-involved shootings happening every single day, but I know for a fact a black kid is killing another black kid. And I'm not saying I don't don't need it to be a contest. Why doesn't that make you as angry? It should make you furious. 
just as furious for the officer-involved shootings. That's that's the thing that bothers me. It's like the narratives are all wrong. People are fired up about. To me, they're un they're unbalanced. Like they're imbalanced. Like you can't. To me, you can't be mad about one thing that happens infrequently. And I don't have all the numbers, but I know it. I know it happens less frequently than what I described. I've read more about more sixteen-year-olds shooting their friends over dice games. Yeah, I've seen that multiple times. I've just seen, you know, hey, you showed up with your new man. You're gonna, okay, blow. You know, you can't have a new boyfriend, and they just uh, shoot and kill them. It's it's. We live in very interesting times. So I think the narrative is, you know, has just hijacked everything, including, you know, Dr. King Day. And uh, I don't know. I'm a little over it. I was reading. I bought a book yesterday on quantum physics because I just find the topic fascinating. And, uh, you know, I think it's a it's a I always quote Wayne Dyer and he says uh, change the way you look at things and the things you look at change and on the surface you know it means one thing but in reality which is not a thing in quantum physics <laughs> but uh what you're really saying is um the act of looking at something changes it because what you observe is 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 the nature of changing it because now you've gone from um you've gone to becoming some sort of participant in the in the actual object that you're looking at so in a way objective reality isn't a thing it's all subjective reality which is deep and I'm not the one to explain it I read I've read three chapters and I'm still like what because it's that kind of it's that kind of knowledge. And it's not bunk science. I mean, Einstein, every great physicist you've ever heard of grappled and knew about quantum physics. And they just, it was just the bane of, of Einstein's existence. You know, it drove him crazy because he didn't understand it, you know. And so uh, it's fascinating that uh, we probably, and, I, you know, I believe this is true, I just can't fully comprehend it, but I I believe I've said it over and over in this podcast that what we think about is is the our lives are a direct reflection of that. It's our lives are a direct reflection of how we think, you know. So, because I'm amazed at all the people on Facebook who find every um, officer involved shooter or every white person who's calling the police on a black person as if white people don't call the police on on other white people or black people don't call the police on other black people if you're getting your head clunked in you calling the police whether you black white asian whatever because you want that to stop and you want that person to, to pay for it. so what's really interesting is in this narrative everything is based on the fact that you won't ever be a victim because as soon as you're a victim of a crime your whole attitude towards the police changes and then you wonder why police get resentful not just white officers i i've seen uh some video where a black girl is giving a black officer the business she calls him all kinds of names and it's like 
that's great. But when I have to show up at your house because your son got shot or I, when I have to show up because somebody beat your head in or I have to show up because your neighbor's in danger and you call the police, how am I supposed to feel about you then? You know what I mean? Like, I don't understand why it's so one sided and why people can't seem to, to open their minds up enough to see the other side. I don't want to be a police officer. It has nothing to do with race. I don't want to be uh, walking into situations where I could die. That's just not the line of work I'm interested in. Yeah, I technically could just die anywhere, but I definitely don't want to uh, raise the odds. I I dated a guy, black guy, police officer, and when he described it, it sounded so heroic and noble and why he wanted to be an officer. And I was like, dude, that is deep. I don't want to do that. (laughs) He was like, whenever I hear trouble, I want to go and see how I can help. And I hate a bully. I'm like, that's dope. Because I just, when I hear trouble, I am on the phone calling someone like you to come and uh, fix it. You know, so it's just, we just live in an interesting time where I feel like people's emotions have hijacked the narrative. And then you've got all these younger people who ain't really had the kind of oppression that, that, that they're so offended by. You know what I mean? Like, if you were born in the 60s, well, I was born in the 60s in the 70s we had a whole different type of upbringing um and we actually did see some things not quite like our grandparents but you know but if you were born in the 80s man 80s and 90s babies well I think y'all are just looking for reasons to try to be deep nothing wrong with it just you know just enjoy enjoy where you come from. Everybody hasn't had a hard scrabble background, even your worst day. Even if you don't have the life you want or your family's been financially disadvantaged or you grew up in the system or even if all that is true, say you did not have an ideal childhood. It's still not as bad as the 30s for black people, the 20s, the 30s, the 40s, when people just started walking and left their families at 12 and 13 when you were 12 and 13 and you got married off to some man that you may not have and of course that's not everybody's experience but it 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 happened a lot more than you think and it was a hard day for my grandmother you I can't compare it my worst day was never as hard as her hardest day I mean I just think pick up a history book I watched this uh documentary on Aaron Hernandez and uh that was disturbing that dude was disturbing Um, and the fact that he just went around murdering people and then just go to play football, I mean, he's clearly, he was a sociopath and, uh, I don't, you know, I'm not sure the Netflix documentary, you know, it opened some doors it answered some questions, but then it also created more questions. It's one of those mysteries. Like did the, did the football trauma make him this way? Was he just this way because of his family? Yeah, I don't know. Was he really gay? Was he just, was that really what he was trying to cover up? So that's why he was killing people. That it just was very strange um, to think that someone could just be, go around just murdering people, shooting people in cold blood, and a few people lived to tell the tale, and and that's you know partly how he got stopped. I mean, he was a serial killer, really. Very disturbing stuff to watch. And then I watched a documentary on, I really enjoyed my time off. Uh, I watched a documentary on Joe McCarthy. Um, Read a history book, people. 
read a history book, watch a, watch a historical documentary. History teaches us nothing and everything at the same time. I mean, this dude was just a charlatan. He didn't, he didn't really, I don't think he really cared at all about communism, but he realized that once he started speaking on it, cause it was a thing, but once he picked it up and he realized people paid attention to him because he was talking about it, like he just went crazy and terrorized people basically um, with no evidence and no facts. But he liked the way his numbers looked and he was popular and he was like, okay, communism's my bag then. I mean, it's scary. It's scary. And we have politicians today who are doing the same thing. I don't know. I just, <laughs> I just feel like it's, it's an interesting time in history. So let's go back and look and see, uh, you know, what patterns are repeating themselves. It's interesting. So yeah, I watched Aaron Hernandez on um, Netflix. Yikes. And I watched uh, Joe McCarthy on PBS American Experience. It's very deep. It's available online. Um, And it's fascinating just to hear what the times were like, what the world was like in the 40s. And and it was interesting to see there were a lot of black people in the Communist Party when, you know, people who were actually open and active, actively involved in in communist uh, organizations because they believed it was uniting people. It was all about, you know, creating unions and unity. Um, So it was interesting to see so many people of color, you know, in those organizations. But what Joe McCarthy came and did was something totally, you know, something totally if you took a pamphlet from a a communist organization and he felt some kind of way about you you were going to get a hearing one year he did 143 hearings on communism just accusing people he had no real facts most of the time 99 percent of the time he had nothing deep so anyway i'm gone on and on longer than i planned to i hope you have a wonderful tuesday i hope this week is awesome and amazing i uh and I'm looking forward to it. I, I feel like we're just getting, you know, into a good space. I can't keep urging people to stay up on their goals. Um, you know, we're already through January. We're we're almost at the end of January. So listen, people do what they want to do. If you want a business, if you want to be a star, if you want to, you know, be the best of something, you're going to do it. You don't need somebody to keep reminding you. So I think I'm going to get out of the reminding business (laughs) because if it's something that you really want to do, you will do it or you will have already done it. So it just occurred to me that, I don't know, people just, uh, everybody's not motivated like I'm motivated to do things. Um, And that's fine. You know, you do what you want to do. You, You know, when you're hungry, you go get something to eat. So if that was a business if starting a business was something you wanted to do, you would have done it by now. So, you know, good luck. <laughs> and that's to all of you guys. Uh, my business talks from here on out will be less about pushing you to try to do something and more about how we can figure out how to grow your businesses when that topic comes up. All right. So be well. We'll talk soon and uh, happy Tuesday. Oh.
manifest.